Hey friends, welcome to Recovering with Danny. I'm your host, Danielle Van Kay, and this podcast is all about eating disorder recovery, being a single 30-something, navigating the dating scene, and going through, you know, an existential crisis or two. My goal as an eating disorder recovery coach is to help you start living the life you have always dreamt of. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. <sighs> Today, I'm, I literally have to do the, the deepest breathing, box breathing, the 478 method, all the methods you can think about. Um, as opposed to last week's episode, first of all, I kind of like feel, I feel like I have to sort of apologize for last week's episode as it was so, I felt like I was frantic all over the place. Um, and the reason is, is as follows. So I've been dealing with chronic pain for, as you guys know, for a long time. If you're new here, I have chronic Lyme disease, and this has been an ongoing thing for what is it now like being 10 years. And it is just something that I can't even explain or put into words. The pain that I suffer from on a day-to-day basis is in my lower extremity. So it's the, the arms and the legs, um, mostly the legs, but I've also got eye pain attacks on top of that. To be honest, it's been pretty damn good in the past year. Uh, the eye pain attacks have minimized. I don't know whether that was due to me doing ozone IV therapy. At this point, kind of like I always say, when it comes to chronic illnesses, it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks when it comes to treatments. I've now very much dived into the world. And I honestly, I don't know much about it yet of um, how your pretty much your brain science dictates, you know, if you feel pain or not. And I've already known this for a long time, but I, I, I don't know, I'm like very intrigued into seeing if I can do something with that. At this point, I'm at my wits end because a week ago, I so I had the norovirus, as I said before, and I got super sick, but that has nothing to do with I think the following. So one day I felt a little better, but not fully better. I went outside and I went to the market and I started to feel this weird pain sensation in my calves and then in my, well, more so in my, uh, in my ankles. And this has been a pain that I've had for years on and off, but it's been I don't know. It's been kind of like dormant for the past three years. And what happened was, was that this kind of like started uh, when I was 21. And this is actually what caused me to be, be, be basically wheelchair bound. So you can understand how much chronic health PTSD there is there. So every single time I had that kind of pain, I started to spiral and panic and think, oh my God, my body is not safe. You know, I'm going to be in a wheelchair again. So... I would say in 2020, I got the same sensation in my ankles and I was just, you know, freaking out. I couldn't walk for seven months. The difference between then and now was that in those seven months when I was unable to walk, I um, I just still kind of like did a lot of things, but just being, you know, not being able to stand much or walk much. And then one day I walked through the sand. I think it was that. And then the next day I could walk again. It was super random. So... I, at this point, I'm a little lost and um, I'm going to be, be 
extremely transparent and real and honest with you guys. And I, by the way, I, I feel like I'm going to die on the hill that I, as a coach, you know, I like to be transparent. I also like the, um, the closeness that I form with my clients. It's like a different kind of bond. I think if you share a lot of your life online and I do, and, uh, I, I will keep doing that for the rest of my life. I really love doing it. I feel like it makes people feel less alone. It helps me feel less alone. I, you know, try to connect with you guys on that. So yeah, it's, it's been kind of like a rough, uh, couple of, well, it's now been a week. So, um, yeah, a week ago I suddenly couldn't, yeah, walk pain-free with my ankles. And I started to not necessarily panic because it happened, you know, a couple of, I don't know, a year ago, and then it just dissipated after a week, but this time around it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, and at this point I don't really know what to do, whether I should just walk through it, whether I should take rest, whether I should ice, whether I should keep warmth. No one really has the answers. That's the tricky thing about chronic illnesses. And the reason why I'm bringing up this topic today, because a, I'm dealing with it myself and B the whole reason why I relapsed in the first place was literally because of Lyme disease. I had no control over my body anymore. So we're talking when I was 21. I had no control over my body anymore. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And the only thing that I have control over is my food intake. Now, on top of that, there were also doctors who told me that I shouldn't, you know, eat that much or uh, like couldn't eat certain specific things. So I was like, okay, well, you know, if that's the case, then I will be very vigilant about the food I, food I eat. So I was very orthorexic and I just... Yeah, it was not great. And uh, yeah, fast forward many years later, I was still like, you know, investigating about my health. And um, thank God the whole Lyme disease issue, it's not even an issue. I mean, it, it, it took me a long time, though. It was like about six, seven years before I feel like I could, re well, maybe a little shorter, but it took that long before I started to engage in recovery when it comes to my eating disorder, because all this time, and you guys have known now my story for, you know, the longest time, then I got eye pain attacks. And that's actually when I was like, fuck this shit. This is not like having an eating, eating disorder is for sure not going to help anything else. So, and at that point I had nothing else to live for. So I just went guns blading towards recovery. And that's how we ended up here. Now you can imagine that, Every single time I had like, for instance, like many years later when I got like the ankle situation yet again, I, to be honest, did I think about relapsing once or twice? I kind of did. Uh, not like full on relapsing, but meaning, you know, maybe I just have to take care of my body better, quote unquote, and then just eat super healthy and whatnot. What I now do is still having a social life and doing whatever I still have in my abilities because I can still sit down with like, for instance, I'm going to go to this sitting down candlelight concert, sitting down, I'm going to have dinner, I'm going to have a drink, you know, all that stuff. I can still do that. That's already a blessing that I can do that. I am able, I get to do something like that. And instead of thinking of it, like I you know, I can't do it or I have to do it with pain. I try to reframe it to, I get to do this 
despite having pain, you know, and that's something I know that there are some people who are listening to this might be bed bound and think, you know what, you're lucky. You, I can't do that. So you've got it easy. I still feel like I need restriction in order to keep myself alive. Well, I get that. I get that. And I hear you. But the problem is, is that it's a destructive method, as we all know, right? It's like on the short term, it feels good. It's kind of like in, in general life, you know, when shit hits the fan, it can be a breakup, it can be grieving, it can be whatever. You physically, as I said before, physically, when my mom got sick, I couldn't really eat. I was physically sick. I think that's a bit of a different story. For instance, yesterday as well, I was really, really depressed, like to the point where I thought, oh my God, I need to really get myself out of this because if this is going to last longer, then I'm going to be fucked, you know? And did I have an appetite? No, I didn't at all. I was like not hungry. I had to force feed myself and I did. So there's that. But, you know, you kind of like have to decide two things that this whatever is going on and trust me i'm still learning how to do this because i'm not an expert in this necessarily in the sense that i can tell other people this but it's always harder to take your own advice i decided that i'm not going to let this pain dictate the way I am going to live my life or how I'm going to feel. And I've already done that in like in the past where I was like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Now I'm trying to see, okay, I can maybe do this, but like just shorter time or limited or whatever. But because I don't have an eating disorder anymore, I can already do so much more, right? And at that time I used my eating disorder as a crutch. So I want you to realize that when you're dealing with a chronic illness or chronic pain or like a disastrous situation that dealing with your, well, using your eating disorder as a crutch, like I said, it's a decision you're making in the moment. You're deciding in the moment, I'm going to not let this, you know, like have a huge mental ripple effect on me. Therefore, I'm going to use my eating disorder as a coping mechanism because that just makes me feel safe and it makes me feel good and it makes me feel, well, let's say not good, but like it makes you feel maybe peaceful. Again, that's a decision you have to make. And I, I, I promise you that this is not going to last for long. This feeling that you feel like safe, at some point you don't even feel safe anymore. At some point you feel like I kind of don't want to do the whole merry-go-round of an eating disorder or behaving like I have an eating disorder, but I feel so stuck. I can't get out of it anymore. At some point, you're imprisoning yourself. So if you're listening this today and you're having a crappy day, if it's like whether it has something to do with your chronic illness or whether it has to do with something else, like with, for instance, mental health, of course, like when we talked about eating disorders, it is literally about mental health. But let's say depression. It's actually an interesting concept because I've never, never, you know, dealt with depression in my life. It was also, I mean, yes, I've actually, that's not true. I've dealt with it, but it was circumstantial depression. It was due to the circumstances I was in because, you know, when my mom got sick, when I'm in a lot of pain, when I got like, when I got wheelchair bound, obviously you're not going to be the happiest camper, are you? And I think it's also very much a characteristic. For instance, I've always been more of a glass half empty kind of person. I hate to say it, but that's just how I've always been instead of a glass half full. And so I just looked at these situations of, oh my fucking God, how am I going to cope with this? I can't cope with this. So let's just cope with it in the only way we know. And then before I knew it, like many months down the line, I was so stuck and I couldn't get out of it. So 
just know that even though, you know, it's the same with, you know, being an alcoholic, if you know of yourself, I am prone to being alcoholic. Um, and I've had many conversations about this with friends who know that, you know, for instance, I had a like conversation about that with a friend yesterday. He said, and because I asked him, I said, how do you cope with, um, adversity? Because I'm always intrigued in how people deal with that because yesterday was not a good day for me. Like I am also acceptant of the fact that yesterday was so bad. I mean, it was a Saturday, everyone was out and about, it was beautiful weather and I was just suffering physically but more so mentally because i was physically suffering but if i could have just mentally get myself out of it my outlook on on that day would have been so different you know your mindset changes every single thing your mindset changes your perception your perception changes your entire like trajectory of your life and i was very woe is me and but it, that's also fine, I think, because at that point, yesterday, I just couldn't get myself out of it. I was like, I'm going to wallow in this, but ne tomorrow needs to be a better day. So I just popped some sleep meds at some point, and I had a good night because the night before, I just literally was wide awake up until 6 a.m. from pain. So, you know, there you go. Not sleeping doesn't help either. But he said, this friend of mine, he said, yeah, well, normally in the past, I would have used alcohol as a coping mechanism and honestly i kind of still do so there you go like a lot of people have destructive coping me mechanisms and alcohol is not re really being talked about because let's face it if we have a stressful day it's so easy to say you know what i'm gonna have a glass of wine and i do it the i do it as well don't get me wrong i do it as well but i know even though there is alcoholism in my family uh i just don't have that i can as i've said before i know that of myself i drink you know occasionally well actually frequently these days because I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people who are drinking also frequently it's also the people who you hang out with but um, I can easily stop for a month if not longer um, it doesn't have an, any impact on my life let's say but for a lot of people drinking that glass of wine will turn into two and then three and then a bottle and before you know it you're drinking every single day not to cope with your mental and physical adversities and so if you're dealing with depression any other kind of like forms of you know mental health issues physical health issues usually they're also interconnected with each other aka comorbidity this is like my whole entire niche i always say to guys and girls and everything in between you have to start engaging in like very very sustainable coping mechanisms and this is going to be a learning curve because trust me in the beginning it will not feel natural it will feel kind of like awkward and it feel, will feel like almost like a lot of resistance comes to at play and that's fine allow the resistance to come allow and embrace the resistance that you're feeling if you think oh journaling what like it's so not for me that's also fine but give it a try i used to always be someone that started meditation like twice and think ah, you know what it's not for me or journaling ah, i don't know it's not for me you have to give this rewiring aspects time and effort so it's the same with recovery i always say give it time if you don't like it if you don't like your recovered life after i don't know a year and a year and a half and that's a long time isn't it like that's a long time if you still don't like it you can always go back 
but I'm pretty sure that you won't go back. I think you might like it. And if you don't try, you won't know. So, and this is also, I have to take my own advice, trust me, because I've been doing meditation and then stopping and starting and stopping and start whatever. So, you know, when your nervous system is in overdrive, you probably also experience pains that are not even there. And that that's the whole brain chemistry and what I'm trying to learn as well. There's actually so much interconnection between the rewiring part of chronic pain and then also of chronic illnesses, uh, sorry, uh, mental health Ill illnesses, such as an eating disorder. So yeah, like brain chemistry is a freaking like interesting concept. And I really hope that all of you are going to, you know, work on this part on, um, trying to find sustainable ways of coping with your adversity because trust and believe adversity is going to be something that is going to be in your in the rest of your life and I think um for me for instance I I've mentioned this before on my Instagram account if you don't follow me there I share a lot of things about my day-to-day -day life about all the things that I'm coping with uh, or dealing with but what helps me a lot is focusing on the things that I can do. And again, if you have an eating disorder, there's so many things that you're limited in. And if you don't have an eating disorder, you can do so much more. So what I always do is like focus on the good things in life, uh, which can be very hard to be honest. Sometimes I feel like, ugh, like it really sucks. Um, I write down like notes in my notes app where I constantly whip it out. If I feel low, I do meditation, I do deep breathing. I call a friend like sharing is caring. Sharing is also super cathartic. Crying is super cathartic. Listening to music, podcasts, books, all the things. So yeah, I would love if you can share also on uh, Instagram. I just recently got a beautiful message from someone uh, about the osteoporosis episode. So, you know, you guys are freaking awesome. And just also kind of have a little patience with me the upcoming weeks. I don't really know what's going to happen when it comes to this um, evolvement of the pain. I will try my best to be here next week again. Um, yeah, but I, like I said, I will try my best. There's also some things happening with the podcasting platforms that is really, really annoying. So I might have to pre-record a lot of episodes, but anyway, we'll cross that bridge once we're there. I hope you like this episode. I'll see you here next week. Bye. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many people as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation and support me is by screenshotting and sharing it on social media. And I would find it is so cool if you could leave a review as well on any platform you're listening on. If you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Danielle Fenke. See you here next week.